The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Greetings, friends. I'm Jim Blake, CEO of Unity World Headquarters. From all of us at Unity Village, we wish you a joyous and blessed holiday season. May this time of year for you be filled with magic, miracles, and unending peace. Namaste. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Everybody, welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining me. You getting in the holiday spirit or what? <laughs> We're almost there. You know, it is difficult for me, although I'm not complaining, uh, to get into the holiday spirit because I'm in Southern California right now. It's currently like, you know, 65. For us, it's chilly. It's bright and sunny, a beautiful day. But I am looking forward to the holidays. And just so you know, this is actually my last live show of 2018. Uh, the next two shows coming up before the end of the year are special shows that I've put together for you based on my experience at the Parliament of World Religions that I just attended in Toronto. And I went out there. This is an incredible event. It's the largest interfaith gathering in the world. There were over 200 different faith traditions represented there. So I went out there with my trusty little mini MP3 recorder, and I spoke to uh, pagans and Buddhists and Zoroastrians and Hindus and Sikhs and you name it. I mean, I got some incredible interviews and just left there so inspired and energized. And so I put these together into uh, radio specials that I'm going to air on the 19th and the 26th. So I hope you check me out for that as you're enjoying your holidays and all of that stuff. But today, I am so happy to welcome my guest today is an old friend. This is going to be like uh, old times on the air. Mm -hmm. My guest today is Colette Baron-Reed, and she's a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, medium, and radio and TV host. And she can be heard weekly on her popular radio show, Ask the Oracle, on HayHouseRadio.com. And you can also find her TV show, Messages from Spirit, on Amazon Prime and YouTube. And she is also the creator of many best-selling Oracle card decks that are used by by thousands of people every day for insight and developing their intuition and using her sharp intuitive insights, compassionate candor, and lively personality. Colette delivers messages of hope and reminds us that we are all empowered to create with the universe as our partner. And I'm so happy to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Colette. Hi, great to hear your voice and be here with you. <laughs> it's so <laughs> great to be here with you. We're just going to sit here and chat and, you know, everybody can listen in. Now, people, if uh, you're out there, you know, surfing around in cyberspace and you happen to come across the show live as we're doing it right now, you can join the show if you have a question or comment, 816-251-3555, or you might be listening later on the download, however you do. I'm so glad you could join me. So we're going to start out uh, chatting about Colette's Oracle Card decks. And I have been a fan of these decks for years. And when I was uh, at my old gig, I had stacks of these decks okay. on my deck, uh, my desk. And I would, you know, pull them and pull cards every day. And I always love the artwork that you used for your decks, Colette. Yours are amazing. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, okay, so I wanted to ask you about this. So as I was posting about the show, and the topic of the show is divination for personal growth. So I, I posted and pushing it out on, on Instagram mm -hmm. and, you know, Twitter and all that. So on some comments, I actually got some angry face emojis. 
Really? I was like, what? And, you know, well, not a lot, but a few. So I, uh -huh. I took that to be people's triggers with maybe the word divination and uh -huh. people kind of freaking out about the decks. So I wanted to kind of start with that where, you know, let's talk about that a little bit because, I mean, I've loved tarot decks for a long time. I have a couple mm -hmm. of decks that I use. Um, I don't understand where there's any negative connotations. Oh, on I that, do. But I'm, I'd love to tell you about it. Yeah, let's let's talk because about that. Like, why did why yeah, did I get so an angry face emoji? Well, let's start there. And you're right; it's the word. So um, mm -hmm. let's go back. As, first of all, let's let's go back to the origins of divination. And divination originated with the goddess culture, predating Christianity, Judaism, Islam, any of the uh, even predating um, the uh, multi gods and goddesses of other cultures. So for thirty thousand years. There was a culture that, um, you know, historians, cultural historians and archaeologists have discovered, and uh, it, was quite, it was suppressed. There was, quite, there was quite a few women that had done that in the 70s and 80s. Now it's becoming a lot more uh, understand. But here's the deal. So divination began with the culture of the goddess. When we deified the uh, creative principle of the universe, feminine because we would see women giving birth so we worship the ability to create life and uh, a means in which we communicated with the goddess because we deified the universe the feminine aspect of the universe as the goddess right so that's that's where that came from divination was a method of communicating with it and so divination took a lot of different forms uh, people threw bones they um, created glyphs on um, on stones they watched, there's something called augury, they watched bird formations, they paid attention to signs in nature, cycles, moon cycles, and things like that. So, um, so divination actually originated in a culture that did not have a patriarchal um, aspect to it until about, um, if we go back 5,000 years, we go, now we get into between 5,000 um, we go back, let's say, to when, let's, let's say when the Old Testament was written, so that's 3,000 years. And uh, so you get to, uh, you get a culture, a patriarchy, which, which in order to function has to suppress the goddess culture, which was very free with their sexuality. You, you, everything was matrilineal. So, um, and uh, cultural historian Dr. Rianne Eisler talks about it as being a guilanal culture, which rather than saying matri matriarchal and matrilineal, um, like uh, everything was passed down mother to daughter because you could tell because, you know, the kid came out of the mother. So in order for patriarchy to work, and remember that Yahweh was a god of war. So the original god, in, and you'll see how it was patchworked in the Old Testament, was that uh, this god of war demanded, it's, he was a jealous god, right? And Yahweh is a jealous god, and thou shalt have no idols before me. So they, they, they're part of the worship in the goddess culture was that the figures, that they, they, the golden calf, or the calf was a symbol of the goddess, and so was the snake. So it got demonized very early on when the stories were written in order to suppress the population. So divination um, was one of the forms that if you could have a direct dialogue and connection to the universe, why would you need a priest? Or 
and and it was all the women that did it. So if you're going to if you're going to control women, and you know you well, obviously they they had to put laws in there. So you are no longer allowed to worship your goddess and check out the moon, et cetera, et cetera. You were then dirty because your menstrual periods. You had to be sequestered. You were stoned to death if you were you know caught touching another man. Um, and it, the only way that they could know that the son came out of the mother was to pr- was to ensure that the mother would have no other relations but to the father. So women went from being uh, a partner, there was a partnership model of society, to the patriarchal model of society, which was they worshipped the ability to take life, because it's a whole different thing. It was like, um, and it came out of the Kurgans, which, which were... I mean, this this took place, by the way, over 300 years. It didn't happen overnight. So patriarchy didn't just come out of the way, out of the woodwork and say like, oh, divination is bad. But in, in the Testament, in the De- book of Deuteronomy, um, which was written that you are not allowed to have any kind of spirit communication, that means mediumship, um, working with divination, uh, you know, goddess worship, the idols, all that stuff was written in there that, that it was... Um, frowned upon, and not only frowned upon, you were you not allowed because the only way that you could be controlled as well in terms of a population is if you centralized worship. So in the goddess culture, people had their own, um, their own uh, altars at home. They did their own personal rituals. The women got together with other women. We can't do that now. So everybody's got to go to a temple where they have to pay money. They have to go. They have to worship this particular god of war. Um, also, in, in, at that time, too, it was, it was written down that you were basically allowed to enslave your neighbor. Um, you know, if you took their land, you could enslave them. I mean, there was a lot of really confusing, quite violent ideas about how culture needed to be. Uh, and, uh, and listen, I'm just talking facts. I'm not giving you um, any kind of BS um, that I, I made up. Like, this is factual, and this is in history, and not in the typical history books, by the way. So most people don't know this, and, uh, but there's a lot of material that was written, as I said, in the 70s and 80s um, by these cultural historians. All of them are dead now. Um, the Living Goddess, uh, seminal work by Maria Gimbutas, all about the goddess culture, The Chalice and the Blade by Rianne Eisler, um, When God Was a Woman by Merlin Stone. So we go back divination um, began, belonged to women originally. Then it was outlawed by patriarch, patriarchy. So we get confused because people are taught in their religion that that's bad. But they don't question what the basis is for that. Like, so there's great things in religion. We need, like, I, I was raised in the church. I love the church. I love Jesus. I mean, I'm a, you know, it's like, but it's, it's it's the laws that were set apart to control the population that I question because I you know it's what I've studied now and and it's it's a real foundation of my understanding that oh I know why this was outlawed why people get tweaked because right. this is what they've been taught I actually didn't know any of this stuff a hundred percent until I actually did the academic research for a particular project that I did on goddesses and I thought hmm. You know, I've always understood, you know, that divination was something that came natural to me and I loved it and I didn't care what was written because I knew it helped people. I knew that it was something extraordinary and, I, and it used to bother me and I didn't understand why it was outlawed. Why is that in the Bible? Why? Why is that in religious texts? Why is it? 
in what, what is the function of, of saying that it is uh, outlawed or anathema? And that was its function, that it was a way to take away the right for women to worship their goddess. So that's so that interesting became, when you look at that. What was that? It was, it's so interesting when you look at that history. Yeah, so, so this is why I don't get, like, I, I understand when people get upset, it's because they're just ignorant. They don't know. I didn't know either until I did the research, and, and I spent, oh, my God, my poor husband, because I really needed to understand why, because I know it's, there is nothing evil about connecting to the, you know, a consciousness that is greater. I connect with my higher power through divination, and it. It's not fortune telling, like, and I think that's the other thing is like it, it got it, it got demonized along the way, and and then you know, and it was looked upon like you end up with the 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 crone with the you know gypsy earrings and the you know the crystal ball duping people. I think that's the other thing. People get scared. Oh, you know, this is oh, this is all you know charlatanism or whatever. When in fact. If you, you know, my, my, all, my, all the body of my work comes from ancient divination systems that existed way before any of, any of what I'm talking about existed. So these are things that functioned well in societies that uh, revered the capacity to speak. In fact, the Greeks, for example, you look at classical Greeks, um, the god Apollo, he was the sun, the god of the sun, um, uh, the temples connected to him were called the temples at Delphi, and they had priestesses that were educated women that were up on all, you know, whatever was going on. And they acted at what they were called Pythia. So uh, the Pythia was the name of the priestess. Was, they were oracles. So people would come. They would incubate a dream, and they would come. And they would use divination to speak to the people who would come. And this was part of Greek society for 1,400 years. And it was, it was revered. So... It, so people today, if you're not educated about the history of divination, you immediately go to what the superstitious, fear-based, something bad's going to happen, you're connecting to the devil, you know, or, or something along those lines, just because you don't know any better. Right. And also, you don't when know you're better. looking yeah, back, ahead. well, I was just going to say, I just think it's so interesting, the... Uh, uh, when you're looking, when you're looking back at the history, and then and there's specific quotes in the Bible that people like to throw out that, you know, I forget the quote. Maybe it is something in Deuteronomy. You know, there should be no sorcery, anything that comes from anything other than what's to be construed directly from God, is evil. But yet, if you look at other stories in the Bible, I mean, you know, Joseph and the and the dream code. Yep. I mean, he received messages yep. in his dreams from Moses. God. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, so why yeah. is it there evil to make that prophets. connection? Yeah. The apostles cast lots. They, that do, lots is a form of divination. So it's, there's, there's confusion around it because, the, this, the, uh, like, I, I, I don't want to, well, I mean, I'm going to say something so controversial, but, I, you know, if you look at texts that were patched together and you look at why they were put together, I mean, you know, I believe in God. I believe, I absolutely believe that what I do is holy. I believe that what I do is helping others, and I believe that when I channel my oracle decks, there's no evil there, because A, evil comes from the lack of morality in human beings. That is, that is that, and maybe that is an energy, and you can call it the devil or of evil, but the bottom line is it's generated out of hatred, bigotry, um, and a number of other things 
that come out of the, in, the incapacity for a human to be connected to God. So, so uh, hypocrisy and you name it down the line. You see a lot of hypocrites that claim that they understand the Bible. So when somebody goes after divination as a subject, I just say, hey, you want to get educated? This is really cool. And it doesn't mean that everything in the Bible is wrong. I mean, you know, every, every, I believe every single religion has that beauty in it that is purpose of it is to find a connection to God. That, I believe, is so true, and that is, that is, there's a deeper, most beautiful, beautiful relationship that can be found in these texts. But bear in mind that also on top of that, so this and that is true. It's not one or the other. It's not it's all bad or it's all good. It's like, but guess what, guys? The reason why this is like this is because of that, right? It's because of the other thing. So before you go shaking your, your finger at it, um, but people are indoctrinated and conditioned to believe certain things as well, too. So it's a knee-jerk reaction. And a lot of people don't care. They don't want to be educated. That's the other thing. And I don't care because, personally, I, I, I talk to people who want to know about this stuff. And if you don't like it, hang, you know, don't listen to the show. Right, so, right exactly. <laughs> you know, and you're and, so right because even just in the experience I had at the parliament, and, and what I'm saying, I, I spoke to a million right. people of different religions, pagans, mm-hmm. Wiccans of all stripes, and I saw the unifying thread that yeah. connects all of us and connects all of those faith traditions. So yeah. it, it is interesting how things morph and change over time through rewriting um, you know, things that were rewritten thousands and thousands of years ago. Well, it, things are rewritten in order to create a specific cultural narrative. And, and so, and history, by the way, too, it, it's really interesting, too, about archaeology. So um, if you look at how archaeology formed, like in the 1800s, when that was really when it was started, right, um, that, that we know of as a science, it was all white men, white Christian men, and a few of the other, like, it, <laughs> And then, and, or anybody would see it through their lens where women didn't even have any rights. So they saw these sexualized objects from the goddess culture, which wasn't that. They, they were saying, oh, yeah, they're fertility things or they're sexualized, and that's what they saw. But it wasn't that. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of findings that Maria Gambutas, who's this Lithuanian archaeologist, who went back and challenged everything that the men had found through a different lens and saying, well, what, this is what it means. Even the Paleolithic cave drawings. Uh, were were mis, misinterpreted by men through the lens through which they were conditioned. So, you know, I think what's really key is to be open-minded if you want to be. You know, if you don't want to be, then you don't need to. You never have to pick up an oracle card. You never even have to go near divination if it freaks you out too much and you think something bad's going to happen. But, I, you know, but right, then don't I, do and it. And I right. honor that and respect that. But, you, but if you are at all interested learn about it, Le- understand, like, how did we get to where we got to now? Like, patriarchy's only existed for the past, what, just short 5,000 years, maybe three. Um, 3,000 years ago was the last annihilation of the goddess culture and the Minoan civilization of Crete. You can tell I know my stuff about this, right? So, like, <laughs> That's like, why I, I knew this would my, be a great conversation. No, it's true, because it, people never expect that. They, they don't, don't expect me to come out and bring out the history and, and ask you to go look for it. And I can give you the books to go look, and I can give you the, the scientists and the archaeologists and the historians, the cultural historians that were women that, that challenged all these things and then were later proven, and it was just hidden and suppressed because it didn't match the narrative that's being shoved down our throats. Um, and to keep a system going that had, you know, a militarized system. 
So, so there's such a bigger topic of conversation than just like if divination is bad, angry face. You know what I mean? Angry emoji. <laughs> angry emoji. Red face bad. emoji. What, do you want to know why? This is why it was bad. This is why it became bad. This is why it was demonized. So exactly. Right? Like, so, well, it's a, it's a bigger also... picture, too. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to t- kind of tag on that where, like, one of the things I love about the unity um, I love message unity. And, and philosophy is that unity says we have that access. We can connect to source. We are not awful, evil sinners, but we're... Um, we're pieces of God. We're we're coming from that source, yeah. and so we we can have direct connection to that for comfort, for help, for support. And yeah, you know, and that's what we're saying. On that, a card, well, <laughs> we would be burned at the stake if we were talking about this. You know, back in those times, you know, Tudor times or whatever. And we said, "Well, I have a direct connection to God." You would be oh, strapped to a stake and lit on fire. <laughs> oh my God! It. Yes, you would. You would be. And as a matter of fact, every time that women rose up to have more power when it comes to owning their power to heal and to create life and to support life, etc. There was a huge slaughter. So look at the Inquisition. Every time you had a, a great number of healers, midwives, women who were prophets or whatever, all of a sudden, bam, there, there comes a, an army of, uh, of witch hunters and, and everybody gets slaughtered. You know, and it's very interesting that you mentioned that you went to the conference because it was actually in Toronto, and I'm, I, was close, I was actually on another uh, event, um, so I couldn't go. But Wicca is apparently the greatest, the, the, the biggest growing religion in the world right now in terms of its numbers, and, and it being an, a, a basically an earth-based religion which, which honors, again, very much like the goddess culture, um, and I, when I say the goddess culture, I don't mean a pantheon of gods and goddesses where they were individual goddesses. I'm talking of the goddess, right, where they saw right, the, the world in, mm-hmm. inhabited by the mother, exactly. Right. It's very mm-hmm. different. Like when I did my oracle card deck that's coming out in February, um, it is multiple goddesses, but we even took liberties on, the, on their cultural, like, uh, on the way we see them. Like we have a beautiful black girl for a uh, woman of color for Aphrodite. Um, and we have an albino for Maya, the, the goddess, the Tibetan and Hindu goddess of, uh, of illusion, in order for us to give a different spin on a, non, a non-traditional spin on, on these myths and what they could mean to us today um, in our modern times. So, so oracles today can, can, have, they can be based in the past. They can be based on, um, on the symbols, which is a language. It's a lexicon of the past, but we can also um, introduce these uh, older ideas into a newer form that better serves our modern world. Like, we're not going to go back to, you know, everything being matrilineal or whatever, but we need to come to some agreement. Um, and divination tools actually help you with that because it helps you stay in alignment with your highest good. This is all about your highest good. You never use divination to manipulate other people. And if you do, that's not good, right? So, Right, um, then you're just a con artist. Exactly. But divination... You know, if you're using it for that purpose. Pro- yeah, divination is the, is the action of creating a dialogue, direct dialogue. You divine the will of God or the, the, will, of, the will of heaven, the will of the goddess, the will of the, of the conscious universe to determine what is your next right action for the highest good of all. That's the point of it. Do no harm. So if you, if you really want to understand um, 
if you really, really want to understand it um, and understand what this means, then you, you want to take a look at it from this perspective. Um, and, and once you realize that, wait a sec, this is about my highest good, so how does it work? Well, it works through the law of synchronicity. Much like Jesus' apostles, right, how they cast lots, right? Remember, that was that whole thing. There's all this stuff, in the, in the, by the way, and, I, and I'm only bringing up the Bible because I know unity is more of a Christian-based church, um, but you can find it everywhere um, when divination was used properly and prophecy was given to various uh, b- people in the Bible and, and mediumship or, uh, was also present. So it's kind of like make up your mind. But anyhow, so uh, it's the ability to use random, the, random, the randomness of the universe or synchronicity, which means meaningful coincidence, and use a specific um, symbolic language that, as I said, it could be on stones, it could be on, on, on um, sticks, like the Chinese ancient oracle, the I Ching. It wasn't about fortune telling, is, is where am I now and where am I heading? Like, what is my next right action? They, they weren't meant to take away the power of the populace. They're, not, they're meant to empower you. But that is, so, so it, that is in a weird kind of way how it has gone, where people use it to say to predict your future. People can be gullible, um, you know, because they'll say, oh, it's written in stone. But that's really more the practitioner um, and the, the use of divination tool and what they do it with and for. And typically that's the reason why also people get tweaked it's because mostly psychics or intuitives are the ones that use these tools. Like, that's what they do professionally. But now, more and more people, like I call them the household practitioners, you know, and that's the people I'm interested in. I'm interested in the people who want to have a conscious contact to their higher power and use the language of spirit that I create through card decks. And they can use them. And I always say, try them out for free on my website before you make an opinion about them. See how right. I mean, at least are. give, give, give it a shot and, and use it in the, in the way that you're talking about, that it was intended. intended to give you a direct connection to spirit, maybe open that up because really, and, and I've talked to so many people that are, you know, mutual friends, you know, John Holland, other people that really have strong intuitive gifts like yourself. It's mm-hmm. really something that we can all develop. You know, we were yeah. all able to have access to that and to have... A connection to God and Spirit. Now, hold on. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> we'll right. be right back. There's just just three minutes, and we'll be back with more with Colette Baron Reed and talking about her fabulous Oracle te- Oracle decks, divination, and a lot more. Stay close. Hi, I'm Reverend Linda Martella Witset with Silent Unity, reminding you that we are here for you during the holidays to support you with affirmative prayer and inspiration. From all of us at Silent Unity, we wish you a beautiful and blessed holiday season. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate Today. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate. Because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Hi, I'm Reverend Ellen Devonport from the radio show Voices of Unity. Christmas is a special time at Unity Village. The coming of Christmas provides us the opportunity to show up as who we truly are, spiritual beings having a human experience. We know that in essence, we are one. This holiday season, may you and your loved ones heed the call of the divine that was born in you. You are an expression of love, understanding, and compassion in our world. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Reverend Lonnie Vanderslice, Reverend Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining me and being present this hour. I'm here with my guest and my friend Colette Baron Reed. We're just chatting away like uh, little magpies here. <laughs> I love I love this topic. I mean, I could just you know chat all day. Uh, we're discussing uh, divination, Colette's oracle card deck, some really interesting history that you might be interested in digging into to find out a little bit more about. Uh, oracle card decks and how they've been used, how oracles have been used in the past over time. And what are some of the benefits that you've seen? I mean, you've been teaching this for a while. You have an oracle school that I want to mention. So well, if people oracle are interested, is, they can it, check okay, it out. So here's the thing. Oracle school. Okay. So the point of using divination tools like oracle cards is that they help you move forward in your life, define what is your truth, uh, reach for your highest good and serve the divine and others, right? That's why it's called divination. 
Uh, so Oracle School was set up by my belief that a personal growth experience and evolution, since we're all evolving anyway, since we're stories in motion, that to do a personal development school using Oracle cards as the tool through which you express your divinity and you use to, as a GPS, as a mirror to show you what you cannot see, as an illuminator to look at your shadow. So it's a kind of an all-purpose, um, kind of amazing, amazing thing. And so uh, we have two, over 2,000 students now. Um, we had 1,100 that signed up this time. So I think maybe over like 3,000 altogether that have come through the school so far. Um, and it is life-changing. So, you know, I use the ancient system in a modern way um, that supports your psychological and spiritual growth as you evolve and you create your reality based on the shift in, in your conditioning. Um, so that's, that's really what we do. And it's, it's funny because... Um, it's nothing, it's not about doing reading. So people come and they say, oh, do I, do I learn how to be a reader? And, I'm, and I go, no, not at all. You learn how to see yourself with clarity. Um, yes, you might share your wisdom with other people, but it's not to show you how to be a, like an active passive. So when somebody reads your cards, you just sit there and listen to them. And they tell you something. In this case, we teach people how to have really amazing communication with each other using the cards as a way to speak about deeper and intimate things. And some of the Very people cool. that have come through are not like, this isn't just for, you know, someone who wants to have fun with cards. Like you've had real serious business people that oh, we are have interested lawyers, in doctors, yeah. psychiatrists. We have artists. We have, we have everything. We have like a lot of, a lot of, um, we actually also have some professional readers who have come in to learn a different way to work with Oracle cards. So, I mean, we have people who are interested in personal growth, but they're movers and shakers, you know, like I don't, um, they're people who really want to make a difference. Um, teachers, we have teachers in there, nurses, you know, we have, we have a, a wide range of professional and educated people. It's not the typical, Oh, psychic fair. Not that there's anything wrong with psychic right. fair. Poo, 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 just in case anyone's listening. Like, I like psychic. <laughs> it's not like that at all. It's, it's something a lot more, it's bigger. So people could really use these kind of tools to, you know, help them launch a business or if there's something going on at work or at their business, they could maybe identify problems that they might not have been able to see before. So it yes, can be really used in a professional because, okay. or corporate setting. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's interesting that you said that because I, um, I did intuitive strategy for a number of years when I still took clients. I retired from taking clients a few years ago. Um, but I worked very, very closely with some Fortune 100 uh, companies, people, uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, so, you know, people hired me to, to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, it was very fascinating. So, um, so I, I wonder, too, that um, I've lost my train of thought now all of a sudden. What, did, what were we talking about? Just completely <laughs> went. Let me, let me get you back. I'll get you back on the rails. We were talking about um, how professional people and, and businesses oh, yeah, were, thank you. You know, have come through the door my, and using the tools. I, I'll be honest. Uh, my little puppy just peed on my carpet. So when you said that, I, just said, I can't get up. And hey, that would distract right anyone. <laughs> so I'm like going, okay, what did I say? Yes, uh, people use it in a corporate surrounding. I, um, I actually have a, 
I used to certify intuitive coaches that worked with businesses. This was, I w- I've always wanted this to be a user-friendly experience in, in corporate settings, but you have to remember, you've got to be open-minded to do this. So um, I know this one particular Jungian-based uh, coaching, indus- ind- like a, a industry coaching, so they, it's a big coaching company, uses my cards in their sessions. So, you know, and then they use the Enneagram and, and other, other things. But not everybody is open to it, especially the more patriarchal systems. They're, they're like, you know, because anything, even a woman, uh, or uh, to, to bring something in there, immediately you become anathema. <laughs> right. Well, I, yeah. I wanted to ask you, since your little dog came in there and kind of distracted you. on the you carpet. Feet <laughs> on the carpet. So that, yeah. that's kind of a nice segue to your Spirit Animal Oracle deck, which is your newest <gasps> yes, deck. Yes, I'm And so I, I wanted to talk about that because the deck is gorgeous. I've, I've seen the cards. They're, they're simply amazing. And I know you're a big animal lover. And I think you've got, what, three dogs now? You just welcome the new yeah, one. Yeah, that was the littlest one. That's, that's Tinkerbell that just did her little <laughs> wee-wee. And now she's sitting on my foot. <laughs> And my, and my, yeah, she's tiny though. She's only three pounds, so it's not that big. Yes, my spirit animal deck came out in October. It has, uh, it has outperformed all my other decks put together already. It was come out of my extreme fun uh, upbringing. My Scottish nanny, Mrs. Kelly, um, taught me all about spirit animals when I was a tiny little kid. And then my father, who taught me how to read Turkish coffee cups, was very psychic, although he was an engineer and a scientist, and we weren't ever supposed to do that for a living. Meanwhile, ha-ha. Um, but anyway, he taught me about the spirit of animals by showing me how they show up in cups and tassiomancy, which is reading reading coffee grinds to tell you what's going on in your life. So I found I, I didn't have any connection to other traditions like the Native American tradition or, or, or First Nations in Canada only because I learned it from my dad and Mrs. Kelly who were Scottish and Serbian. But you'll find that there is identical stories and myths around animals no matter where you are in the world um, that the you know, original peoples have, they've, they pass down these stories and myths. So um, I really dedicated this to my <laughs> Scottish nanny um, and then, actually, I did study shamanism for a couple of years, way back when. And, of course, I worked with Alberto Valaldo, who is a, him and his wife, who are real shaman, um, on the Mystical Shaman deck. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll find universal symbols that are not only related to or designated by um, uh, a particular culture. So the, the spirit animal, we tried to put in animals from uh, around the world, and then we only had so many cards because you can't hold a huge deck in your hand. So I had to cut out a lot of them. But it's a working oracle. It's so fantastic. I love it. It's so accurate. I was, like, so thrilled when I got to make it. And, uh, you know, it, it really uses the energy, the archetypal energy represented by these animals to reflect in you what is going on or around you so that you have greater clarity about the next step for your life and then where you're heading. And also the things that you might have missed, you know, along the way. So, um, yeah, it's great. And my artist, I want to talk about my artist, Jenna de la Grattalia. Um, She's, if you're interested in doing the Art of Autumn's Goddess on Facebook. Um, I found her on uh, DeviantArt years ago. She was a makeup artist, and she put this really cool art up, and I approached her uh, agent at the time. And... uh, the rest is history. I mean, we, we now work exclusively together. 
on Oracle decks. She she does a lot of other things too, but Oracle and Tarot decks. She's an extreme. We we have this symbiotic relationship that is so important. She is one of the most integrous, kind, decent. You know, she wouldn't hurt. She wouldn't lie about anything to anybody. Like she's one of these people that I feel has utmost integrity, and she's so talented, incredibly talented. So every single deck that you see, other than the Wisdom of Avalon, was created with her and I. Every every deck. Well, her, and she has her artwork. Bear- Isn't she amazing? Is it, is just amazing. I mean, I'm always you know just so wait blown away whenever I see. Oh, I can't wait oh, to see that. Wait till you I see would the love that. I mean, oh my god. Like, it's amazing. And then we have a crystal deck that's coming out in, uh, I think, in August. And I have a chakra deck that's coming out after that. So we are prolific. Right now, I'm in a really prolific phase with oracles and divination tools. I might slow down one day, but right now I'm excited about Because I've been sort of wanting to do all these things for the past 20 years. And now all my ideas, I get to do them because Hay House lets me. Um, and they do well. And, and so I'm, you know, all the things I'm, I've been interested in for the my whole life I get to do, which is so great. We're, we're, we're hoping to create a sacred, uh, an oracle of wings about birds because that was, that was an, excuse me, an original divination um, technique where you, you saw a bird and the bird's behavior taught you something about where you were at or what was happening around you. And you watched birds and their behaviors and, and how they impacted you. But obviously if you only have so many birds you can see, um, you only have so many that you can, you know, that you can, your language only relates so far. So anyway, we're hoping that we get to do that deck because the birds are amazing. Um, that would be and, really interesting uh, because people often say that they see certain birds. I've heard people yeah. say, you know, they resonate with ravens or crows or hummingbirds. Yeah. Or they uh, will feel that they've connected with a loved one through birds. Through birds. I've read that well, a lot. Well, I'll tell you something in our subconscious. It's the only animal that we can't emulate. We can't, I mean, we cannot fly on our own. We can swim, we can forage, we can climb trees, we can bury in the ground, we can swim. We can't fly. So at, at the core of our beings, we, we recognize that a bird is, is, like, we see it as a kind of like a bridge between us and heaven because it can fly. Right. So there's that a mystical sense. quality to birds beyond any other animal also just because of that. Well, I look forward to seeing that because I think that would be an amazing deck. And if people that are listening and if they're drawn to animals, I mean, I know there's some people that love owls. Like I've seen owls. Oh, I'm an owl. The owl, is, the owl is the, the white snowy <laughs> owl love is, it. Our, is, if, you know, is our animal for Oracle school. It represents wisdom. You can actually try my Oracle card decks free of charge. And you can check them out and look at them all on my website, colletteberenreed.com forward slash pick. There's a whole page on the Spirit Animal Oracle. I think it's to the left. You can scroll down there. Better to use an iPad or a computer on the phone. It looks okay. But, um, and then see if, it, excuse me, see if it resonates with you because I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I'm not tired. It's just I forget to breathe and so I yawn. Just so, <laughs> it's not like, slow down. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys can try it out if anybody's interested. And know this, whatever you bring to, to the table with you is what you're going to get out out of it. Our, our way of doing things is do no harm, ask only for what is in the highest good of all. So it's never about manipulating another person or finding yourself trapped in something that you can't change. You know, it's really asking you to grow and evolve as a soul and a human body. And so that's really its function is soul growth and spiritual growth. 
So if it if it intrigues you, go go do it. If it doesn't, next. <laughs> right. There's all there's always something else. Now I just wanted to touch on mediumship just a little bit because sure. I think it's so fascinating. I mean, I've you know worked with you over the years, and it was something that you you know you you didn't really do before, and then it, you kind of grew into it. And I didn't it was, want to uh, do it. So can yeah, I tell you I just okay. I wanted people so, to to hear that. I story. always said I didn't talk to dead people. Right. I'm like, I can do this, but I don't talk to dead people. It's because I'm really skeptical and because I'm like, I don't know if I'm talking to somebody dead or somebody or am I just tuning into this information for this person? I didn't really know. I'd never had any training. And when I came to Hay House, I wanted to differentiate myself between myself and John Holland and the other. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really I'm not a medium. I'm not going to do that. And then on the boat, the first cruise. I remember writing Reed Tracy saying, you know, I said I didn't talk to dead people, but I do, I do. And it was because I did all this mediumship readings. It was crazy. (laughs) But I was very, I didn't want the responsibility for it. I was confused by it. I didn't think, I don't know, I was afraid of it. And then one day, um, well, I had actually, I left Hay House for a minute and got a really, really a lot of money to go to a big publisher to do another book. And I left Hay House. And I decided I wanted to go a little bit more mainstream. I, I did a Dr. Phil show twice and got a lot of crazy trolling on the Internet, of, you know, really scary. And so I'm like, oh, God, I don't need to do this. I can, I'm a coach. I can go do that. I can just go mainstream, go to Google, do whatever, and I'm good. So it was really funny. So I had one woo-woo event. I call them the woo events, right, I booked in Thunder Bay, Ontario. I thought no one was going to come. It was minus 47 degrees. Minus, okay? Oh, wow. Cold. I think that's cold? I got off the plane, my, my nose stuck together, like it was so cold. It was like this. But anyway, I thought, oh, what the hell? Because they'd already sold tickets, I decided I'm going to go anyway. I did the most profound mediumship of my entire life on that stage for three solid hours. I called my husband and I said, I know we spent all this money to, on this mainstreaming version of the brand and I had rebranded my school um, you know, the intuitive coaching to the Master Intuitive Coach Institute. I tried, I, I made, I was trying to make it very mainstream. And then I just like, screw it. This is real. This is, people's lives were changed. I was gobsmacked. And it really was, it was like spirit said, get out of the way. You sit down over there. I'm going to show you how this is done. So I called my husband. I said, I, I know we, we did all that, but I can't say no to this. I just have to, I, I have to just see where this leads me. And literally, I said, so I am a medium. I, I am obviously a medium. And then I think a year, very short time later, um, I got a call to do a television show. Now, it took three years to get it off the ground, but I said yes. And the show, now here's the thing. A lot of this, those shows are staged, like the readings are staged, they get the person, they do the reading, and then it's all edited, Right. Um, I had my own studio audience, and it was shot live off the floor. So I, I like, literally was doing a demonstration every single day, and I shot 26 episodes over a month. And I, I can tell you, I was so fried and exhausted. And, and there is no, there is, there is like, it was the most un- incredible, spiritually profound experience. When I saw the amount of forgiveness, that the clarity, that the closure that people got, I was so proud to be able to provide that kind of service for hurting people. And it was real. I mean, I had rapists coming through and, and, and talking to sisters and, 
and telling them things that, you know, no one should have, that some of it didn't make the camera because it was just too brutal. But it was like wow. people were, you know, saying, you know, you've been affected by what I have done to you. I need you to know I'm sorry. And, like, like it was amazing. Mothers And people can see these, right? Died. Huh? The, these are the shows that are on uh, YouTube yeah, or on they're, Amazon. They're on Amazon Prime. It's called Messages from Spirit. And the thing is, it was a Canadian show, very low budget, so the lighting is crappy. I don't think I look very good. Um, and they use this <laughs> weird camera technique that was so up close all the time. Um, so I'm critiquing it as a produ- production, but as, a, as an experience. And there's also, if you're interested in seeing another, another mediumship that was also amazing from my tour, um, if you go to Motorcycle Medium on Facebook, there's a, we, were, we were producing a, a show because I was riding a Harley for a long time. I actually don't anymore because I wasn't a safe rider anymore. It was too dangerous for me to be on the road because I had PTSD from an accident I had. So it made no sense, and I had a, a, uh, had a TV show in development with that. So you'll see also a live tour where I was doing readings in these little church basements, and they're all on Motorcycle Medium on Facebook. It's, it's a page I'm going to eventually close, but you'll see just because it was all live and, and – uh, You'll see, make up your own mind what it is because you can't make that shit up. Oopsie, sorry, I said the word. You cannot make that up. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. We're, on, we're online. You can't make it up. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I'm a little edgy, so, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm like a pirate's daughter. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I love you. <laughs> you're a pirate's daughter. So, pirate's but with daughter. the mediumship, that, that came over, you know, a couple of years. But then that developed to where, you know, you were traveling with uh, – John Holland, who I love as well, and well, John and I do uh, Lisa Williams, together. and yeah, you do yeah, events. Lisa Williams, uh, John, and I now. do something called Three Mediums. I've worked with some the best mediums in the world, so great. But I have to say that mediumship now is something I feel like it's a gift I get to do, and I give away all the money I, I from to charity. I don't keep any of the mediumship money, so I give it to the Humane Society. So every time I, I do these events called Spirit Jam. And Spirit Jam is like, it's music, it's laughter, it's, it's dead people. And it goes, all the money goes to charity. It's a party. Yeah, uh, a party it is. I would it's attend. A party. <laughs> I would love I that. Because I believe that I was given this as a blessing and I, and I give it to other. I just give it away. It's I just because I can. I also, I mean, I do well in my, I'm, I'm very successful in, in the things I do. But that is a gift I feel I was given. It was a gift that reminds me that the world is not as I know it. And it reminds me that this ability that I have can change someone's life for the better. And so I feel that it's a gift I got. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I'm gifted. That's not what I mean. It means I got a present. The universe said, hey, Colette, you're doing great. I'm going to let you do that. Right? <laughs> right. That's, here's an added bonus. You get to do this, which is I so amazing. And I've seen, uh, I mean, I've seen the healing that can take place oh, from being at events and just seeing people, you know, you can see years of pain, you know, being lifted and people mm-hmm. can be transformed by having a really positive experience with a medium. So the fact oh, that yeah. you're able to do that is just, uh, you know, such an incredible blessing. And are you so going to be doing that anytime I kind, soon? I do on the side. Like I don't do it mm-hmm. professionally. Like, like I, after the TV show, um, and then touring for another show, um, I kind of made a decision. You know, my real true love is is Oracle cards and the Oracle School, and 
And I do some masterminds. I do something called the Dream Quest Mastermind. So I have a small group of people I work closely with. So it's a lot of meditation training and math in, in uh, you know, how to manifest reality and quantum, quantum physics, things like that. But then those are the things that interest me. Um, but, you know, you can't be all things to all people. So, um, you know, I, I have a very tiny little niche of, you know, that I serve, which is people who are interested in divination and oracle cards and using it as a personal growth method. And the rest of it's my gravy. Like I get to go with John Holland on a boat for a week in April and um, April 6th to the 13th, I think, or 14th, where we go on the ocean and we have, I think so far we have about 150 people who are coming and we'll be doing mediumship on the boat because we're on water and water amplifies the capacity to connect to spirit. So that's going to be fun because it's just, it's a blast. That will be so fun. And the fact that you're such good friends and you've worked together for mm-hmm. so many years, that that connection and when you're on stage, like that really comes across. You know, people oh, yeah. can He's really great. sense that friendship. And he was my mentor. You know, he mentored me through the TV show because I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it naturally. I've had no training at all. No mediumship training at all. They, they have like courses on it and platform demonstrations. I don't know. I just, I just opened my mouth and there it comes. So he helped me understand that when I had 50 of them in a lineup that I had to move them in a row and I had to ask them to park themselves. They could come back later. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. And it all worked. So I was calling him like a nut bar. First four days, like, John, 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 what do I do? There's too many of them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but how great that you're able to reach out to, you know, one of the one of the best and have him world. mentor oh, you. Yeah. That's that's so amazing. How you cool. I got to be well, honest with you. I don't accept anything <laughs> <go ahead>. less. <laughs> I don't accept anything less. If I'm going to serve, I want to serve the best of my ability. And that means if I get access to the best people, then that means it's going to serve everybody else. So I just expect it. Right. For the highest good as well. Only for the highest good. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned um, meditation and I want to just touch on that because you have an amazing meditation CD called Journey Through the Chakras now and this is an older product that's been out for a little while but I mean I've gone back and used this meditation and it is Mm -hmm. it's it's so effective I love it and I just wanted you to tell us a little bit about your practice. Oh yeah and I think I have four meditation apps on iTunes too I I was in the top 10 lifestyle paid apps. This year, I just compiled all the meditations, the guided meditations that I've written over the years and recorded, and they're in there. You can get one called Mindful Magic and download it for free on iTunes and on Google Play. So Mindful Magic, call up there and read. Um, And there are 10-minute meditations that really get you into that space where you are observing your life, you're connected to spirit, um, and they're, they're stories. So you listen. I like guided meditations. I have a mindfulness practice, but I also love the guided meditation. So that's what I'm known for. Yeah, Journey Through the Chakra was the first of its kind, um, where it was a studio-produced album, uh, you know, in an actual 24-track studio that was done with, you know, uh, a New Age artist named Mars Lazars and myself. And no one had ever attempted to do that spoken word product like that. So we, we've... Oh, my gosh. If you were to go, like, we would have gone gold, you know, in, in, in record sales. But well, what you know. I love about guided uh, meditation practice, because like you said, it is a, it is a different experience from doing a, mm-hmm. a mindfulness practice. But what I think is cool about a guided thing is if someone is, you know, trying to establish a meditation practice, maybe they're afraid of it or, they're, or they try sitting by themselves mm-hmm. and they can't do it. 
what's so great about letting you guide them through it yeah. is just it's such an immersive experience. And I, I really love it. Like, I, I like to do both, you know, because they're both such different and, and really amazing experiences. Yeah. Yeah, I like to do both, too. I'm a big meditator. I meditate every day for maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes, sometimes 90 minutes because I need to. Um, and it's a way to connect and communicate and stay close to the divine and our consciousness and to keep you calm and, you know, and compassionate. You stay out of the rat race. Um, so, uh, and then I take little time outs here and there. And right now, not with a puppy, I don't. So, but I'm, I could sure use <laughs> It's like one. a newborn. <laughs> Yeah. You'll have to give yourself anyway. a little uh, meditation later today. But this has been so fun, Colette. You know, our time Thank like you. flew by. We're, we're wrapping know. up our last so minute great. here. So should we just have people uh, hit you up online and check out your site, which looks amazing, by yeah, the way? Yeah, come, come and check it out. And by the way, Oracle cards make great Christmas gifts. So um, you can check them out. I think they sold my Oracle cards at Unity. At, uh, in I know they did a long time ago in Kansas City. In the City. bookstore. They had my they had my products at the bookstore. Um, if you're interested in all in this, go check it out. You, uh, my school is every it, September, start school like anything else. So that's the only time we offer it is once a year. Um, but until then, we also have uh, a big Facebook group uh, called the Oracle School Insiders Group. But I ultimately go to my website, callatbearandread.com forward slash pick to go check out awesome. the decks and see what, what resonates you with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, you're Colette. You're the best. You- Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.